0: Hello,
1: it's uh, Justin. And I'm Sean. It's the Dot Matrix, episode 59.
0: Almost 60. Almost 60. <laughs> Over, what, 2007 we started? Seven wow. years. And we're only at 60. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> we we originally thought we'd do one at least one
1: or two every one or two weeks. Yeah, yeah. We, I had a regular calendar event in my phone every two weeks that we'd be doing it, and uh, every so often we all oh, delete that one, delete occur- you know, delete occurrence or delete yeah. the whole event or the whole reoccurrence, and I always yeah.
0: eventually I just deleted the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, our lives are so busy. And successful, but yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess we'll maybe I don't know. Well, you you're doing a lot of traveling coming up, so I don't know. Might might be New Year by the time we do another one, maybe. Yeah,
1: you know, we have to commit, and we'll see it here, which doesn't stop us from not following <laughs> through. But uh, we should do one early in the in 2015 because we need to uh, wrap up the year. Like th- I always like our year wrap up or year in you know looking ahead kind of thing and, and review. Yeah, yeah. Um forward and, and yeah review. yeah. Yeah so we should make sure we do that in January. We will. Maybe when you host us all for a big open house party we can throw
0: throw in a podcast at the same time that's a good idea. Come come over an hour before everybody else. Yeah. Or, or we could do which we haven't done before just like get a live audience. <laughs> Give me magic. Magic. I know. And we still need Derek and oh, Melissa yeah. And we keep saying we want to get terror on it too. Yeah,
1: we haven't done that either. That'd right. be funny. I know. What
0: are we doing? We gotta. We gotta get on. We're there. all talk. We're just all. talk. will <laughs> <laughs> I'll, One day, one of us say, "Oh, it's time to do it," and then we just do it, but we don't promote <laughs> all that other stuff. We need an assistant. <laughs>
1: yes, we need an assistant. Uh so we are podcasting today on a friday um which is like one of those things when you've had the whole week and now we're like podcast <laughs> uh, but we are podcasting today and wanting to commit to getting it up because we want to talk civic election yeah the election's tomorrow uh so for if you haven't voted already the advance polling tomorrow's the day and that was the big thing on our agenda to talk about Yes. Um, is there anything else you want you had in your mind that you wanted to talk
0: about? Um, yeah, I mean there's a couple things. One thing that we could or 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 wait for next time is see how the progress is going, but the um the, the US midterm election. <gasps> oh right. The, oh yes. And how that and then Keystone actually just today, Keystone pipeline.
1: I did hear on the on the drive out here on the on the news that they that the house Approved it.
0: Yeah. And, see, you know, you get you get people in power, and all of a sudden, boom, the agenda comes out. So did the election, did the changeover happen already for the Senate in the, uh, I guess it wasn't, I um, was wondering a, about that. That's a really good question. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it's not like, um, a huge change of party. I mean, there's a right. change of chairs, but... Yeah. I mean, in the
1: House, for sure, but in the Senate, it moved over from Democratic to Republican, right? And so uh because they were saying on the news that you know the the keystone pipeline got approved in the house and it was going to go to the senate for the first time next week and yeah. it's expected to be approved there as well both houses yeah uh, so i mean not to say that i didn't i that democrats are against it and republicans are for it but i just made the assumption that element oh, that change must must have happened already but maybe not maybe maybe some democrats are for it anyway so i don't know
0: well, it sounds like we're getting into it, so I'll give you my thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's get into
1: <laughs> the election that was. Yeah. And then go into the election that will be.
0: Yeah, and then maybe we'll have some little tidbits after that. Perfect. Um, I the one thing I found striking is we all know how how the Republicans have been longing to get this pipeline going, this Keystone, which will go from our province of Alberta down to Texas. Is that right?
1: Or yeah, I
0: think so. I mean, just or to Oklahoma. supply.
1: Uh, I know it's cutting through Nebraska, that's what I heard in the story, mm-hmm. and that there was some sort of, there's court action going on right now to determine where that route will go, uh, or if it does go. That's right. Um, so it's cutting through Nebraska to eventually get down to, I'm assuming, the Gulf, the Gulf uh, Coast, uh, right? Yeah, that's my Senate, but I'm
0: not sure. Well, you know, and, and within a week of the midterm elections, Republicans get control of the Senate. They already had control of the House. They already had control of one of them. Yeah, they had to control of the House, not the Senate. So, next thing you know, boom, they get this vote going. Keystone, first on the list. That gets Obama to respond. Right. You know what I mean? And it, and it And it really goes to show about, you know, what people have been saying is, the Democrats have just been just not capitalizing, and this is, you know, I'm paraphrasing Elaine, we were talking about this morning, but capitalizing on their successes. They're not, they, or maybe it's just the way the, we're hearing it or the media is portraying it, but, you know, the Republicans are like, you know, like them or not, they seem to be way more clear and concise about what they want to do, and they they, they seem to get on their, their role. Already they're putting this vote in that's going to the Senate next week, like you said. And then boom, you know, like it, the president can still veto. I understand, right? But then I heard a guy on the, on uh, the current this morning, the CBC show, saying American with some committee down there in Washington D.C. saying that well, if he vetoes it, they're just going to do what sometimes they do up here, is the legislator legislatures uh, legislators are going to wrap it up in the middle of some other ball of legislation right. where it's like, take none or take all. So if he supports other motions and not Keystone, like, they'll just make it difficult for him to turn it down. Right. They'll come up with clever ways of, you know what I mean? Like, almost like these omnibus bills we have up here
1: yeah and I, you know i mean it's a, it's funny you make the analogy and the omnibus bills have been more recent right in, yes in canada so we've taken a page from my understanding from the <laughs> states right where they throw you know i don't know funding for schools in with uh keystone pipeline or something like you know just things that are completely separate uh i mean that's not a, a great example but um but they were sort of saying like you know and the conservatives have done that in the last couple of budgets, and they, and they particularly tie it to a budget, right? That's what the conservatives do up here, where it's it's always the omnibus budget bill, and if you vote against the budget and um, or you vote for the budget, you also vote for stripping all of these environmental protection laws for for clean water and access to, to rivers and that sort of things, right? And, um, which are again totally irrelevant to each other. Yes, um, <clears throat> but. Um, it's 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 it it just frightens me how much we keep taking from the playbook of what's happening in the states yes. into our politics up here where you're like no <laughs> like it's not it's not how it's supposed to be done this way right uh and things don't and things work in very odd ways too because like uh, I mean, the the system in Canada and the states are very different, right? There's different checks and balances. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to to someone the, the other day about that and how I find when you watch the midterm re- elections, you know, the fallout of votes play out differently and mean different things than they do when you have a vote in Canada federally, let's say, right? Which, uh, um and and how you know even this in in the states, there's elections that are. Uh, You know, federal, there's the House and the Senate, federally, right? And the Republicans just got control of the Senate as well. Uh, And then, of course, there's the President. And then in the state level, it's the exact mirror system. Mm. There's a state House and a state Senate, Mm -hmm. and as well a governor, right? Mm. But when you think about, like, that doesn't play out the same way in Canada, right? Like, there's, yes, there's the Senate and the Parliament uh, uh, in Canada with House of Commons with the Prime Minister. Right. But provincially there's no Senate, it's right. just the legislature and the premier right that's right um so I find it like and so it doesn't play out the same way here, and the laws you know jurisdictional lines are quite specific here none they're not specific in the states as well, right but it's just interesting how the reaction of those elections are very different and how the midterms are really big, although the presidency wasn't in the line there's a whole bunch of governors that were up for re-election as well as state legislatures as well as you know uh, federal Senate seats and everything and and we don't coincide big election events in Canada that they do in the states right
0: It is weird they it, they have so much to vote on every two years right They're going back and going back and going back just for the swing the pendulum of power it's 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 so different, and um a lot of you know. I, I don't know what Obama's going to do in his last two years. Because, like, after this, got, yeah, 2015, 2016. And 2016 is always a lame duck year for the for the president, especially after eight years, you know. Right. The eighth year is always just, well, I'll pardon some people and one last kick at the can at Arab-Israeli negotiations. Right. You yes. know, one more trip to Camp David and, uh, you know, play more golf. That's right. But I'm hoping that at least in the following year he's just gonna go blazing through and do 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 the things, executive order the crap out of that place, you know? I just hope he does because otherwise, you know, he's, he's, he's made some big strides, not very sexy ones, but when you think of what he's done, you know, uh, starts digging the country out of the financial hole, Uh, affordable health care for millions of people, you know, uh, uh, better late than never on climate. Uh, You know, the, um, the other thing to tie into this is the agreement with China now. Yeah, I saw
1: that headline. I didn't read anything about it. And the key was now that China and the states have an agreement. What's now for Canada to do? Because right, you know. So I, I don't know anything about it other than it happened yesterday.
0: Well, I don't know the figures, but apparent from what I've heard, the what, what do you call it the the the, the whatever the goal, the limits that they're trying to enforce. You know, the greenhouse emissions. Okay. Yeah. Um, ceiling or whatever is is going to be actually pretty strong like it's a it's a it's a ambitious goal. Oh and coming from a place like China, which you know has never signed on to previous um accords, it this is a big step for them. And the fact that they're doing it with the states, who is one of the big critics uh of other say either emerging economies or we're really the big biggest emitters in the world, like China or India or whoever else, ourselves. Um, it, it I think this is a really amazing happening. And like you say, we've always rested on our laurels up here and just said, Well, we're just gonna follow the Americans. Well well now we we have to we've talked the talk, now we have to walk the walk, I think, on that, don't you think? Totally. If they can do it with their amount of people and their level of industry, don't you think, like, per capita here, you know, just relative to our size, we should be able to do have the same targets? That's, that's the word I'm Right, the targets, about. yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's what people are waiting to see. Right. So that will be, that's what I'm really interested in. Mm. Although I don't think it's going to mean much to uh, the conservatives. I think the next year, and this we'll talk about this more in our year review and year ahead. Right. But again, next year is a big election year. So. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, um, I
1: mean, I I think without getting too much into the details of the climate piece, um, and using it as a segue into our main topic, which is the civic election. Yeah. I I mean, um, you know, there's there's the overriding issue around sort of, okay, how much can you control in your own backyard versus if your neighbor is polluting the hell out of the world, like whatever you do makes no difference kind of thing, which is sort of the, the whole Canada theory. Anyway, so the States isn't doing anything. There's no point for us to do anything. Yeah. But you know, now we're saying the States have done something. So now what's your move, right? Yes. And, uh, you think about like locally, like, you know, one of the, the big, talking points that i think people talk about in vancouver you know the greenest goals greenest city goals or something for vancouver and and it's interesting i hadn't thought about it right now but it's coming up quite a bit in the in the coverage i've seen about the civic election um Mm -hmm. it's about jurisdiction right like yes like how much control does any municipal government have on the transit system not much uh you know how much on in the environment or those kind of things and I never really thought about that uh, that the the rule, the environment is one of those issues right I mean you think about you know one of the big platforms in this current government is the the greatest city goals and how sustainable they've got they've come over the years um but it's interesting how much a city can and I think that we should take some responsibility of it. We should have goals, whether it's our jurisdiction or not. We should try to just generally pollute less, right? Oh yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so it's interesting to see, even at the city level, people are sort of saying, well, this is the air we breathe. Mm-hmm. And so we <laughs> have to take care of it. Uh, and how, you know, when you get down to the municipal level, things, regardless of jurisdiction, they just are important to you. So people are talking about transit, even though city governments have very little control over how its investments happen. And that's the criticism is like, well does this, this platform even is doable because what influence do you actually have on those issues and vice versa? Right. So, um, but I mean, that's what I've been you know, saying to you off, off camera, off microphone, um, <laughs> uh, before we started that my, my sort of, um, uh, you know, mea culpa that I haven't really read most of the platforms, although I've been reading some of the coverage and I read and I heard the debate, uh, yes. at least the one on the radio on CBC, uh, that's what it has what it has surfaced a lot is like you know how realistic are these plans really, and what jurisdiction do you have to uh, uh, to impact those areas right mm-hmm. so yeah I mean that that's my first volley to you <laughs> on on your thoughts on the what's going on with the civil civic election, and I guess we're talking about the city of Vancouver as opposed yeah, to like just to other other uh, elections are happening in <laughs> municipalities across the province right so.
0: Right. Uh, it It is amazing. Yeah, uh, You know, I'll start with the fact that Elaine told me uh, earlier today, she heard that advanced voting is up 98%. Oh, really? And she mm. heard a quote that in Vancouver, you don't vote people in, you vote people out. <laughs> oh. So... You know, we hear about these single digit difference uh, in the polls between the two main contenders. There's three majors, but really it's it's between Gregor Robertson of Vision Vancouver, and we're just talking about mayorship at the moment, yep, and um, uh, Kirk LaPointe uh, from the NPA. Um, I you know I, I, I'm skeptical of polls because of what happened in the provincial election last time. Which, right. You yes. know, with the the BC Liberals winning, even though everyone was saying, everyone in their dog was saying that it was a shoe in for the NDP, and it just didn't happen. So, but I think, you know, we're, things in our perspective here are more um, approachable, accessible, because we're on the ground. We We see you know, statements being made by the NPA and a lot of people in the city have heard saying, you know, streets are really dirty uh, more than ever before. You know, just in general, like when you talk about like logistical, like services are just falling behind. Stuff I never even really, frankly, I hadn't really noticed myself. But, but when you think of people saying things like that and you look around, you're like, oh, maybe, is that true? Um, a lot of doubt being cast of the current uh council in power who've been in power for the last six years for those who aren't aware and you know we we both supported the vision sorry if you don't mind me saying i sorry it was very early early days yes (laughs) in those very very early days so uh you know we went to the, the rallies the meetings the debates um but this time it's just gotten really nasty and uh and I, I think that it, it's entirely possible that we could end up with a real shakeup of council. Even if Gregor won mayor again, right? Who knows what's going to happen with a lot of the other councilors? Even though, what I could see happening is it's still a vision, but but way less of them. I have a feeling. So I think a lot of people are angry about the, the non consultation that that was. Uh, lot of people's perspective and the um you know forcing through of their agenda and not listening to people i don't know i th- i think that's there's going to be some damage done because of that because i think the mpa was successful at getting that message across right but i don't know what do you think
1: well right. i mean i agree with you in terms of the tone has been quite nasty yes uh, and that's what i mean, tone. And, yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of negative attack ads and, and I've said it to everyone in their dog about how unple- unpleased I am, unpleased? That, uh, how, how, yeah, just angry I am, I guess I can say. When you see these attack ads from the current mayor, basically telling everyone who either, you know, who lives at UBC that you're not part of Vancouver, right? which is really <laughs> angry because I, you know, working at... At, uh, uh, at the university, and you're trying to tell students to understand that you're connected to the community just like everyone else is. And now the mayor of your city is telling you you're not mm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Is we is kind of productive, um, and I think wedge issues isn't. I mean, isn't on a technicality like that. And yes, maybe your municipal taxes go to electoral district A and not Vancouver,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, it just it just seems kind of a weird wedge issue to sort of say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and so not as again going on some of the the policy issues. It's just it's been a dissatisfaction all around. Like I would listen to that debate. Yeah, what were um, your thoughts on that? You know, Mina Wong, is that her name? Mina, Mina Wong. Who was for the COPE? cope? Um, you know, wasn't terribly strong. I think at one point she kept as a fairly unpolished politician, which it can be a great thing to be an unpolished politician mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um kept i think in one answer had the word uh 20 times and she you know was paid every time she said it or something you yeah. just, you're saying that much. <laughs> i mean to prove a point and there was a speaking there's a talking point in that answer right yeah yeah uh, but it just seemed over the top uh and this is stylistic thing so i appreciate how surface level this these comments are sure um and you know and kirk lapointe said something where or where someone asked a question about like short-term homelessness right and they, and they had a long a conversation about affordability and and uh sorry um sorry short-term um housing like uh yeah.
0: emergency yeah emergency? exactly yeah. like
1: uh homeless shelters and so forth right, right. and it, it, it was a follow-up question after a huge conversation about affordability of housing and then the question was you know we've talked about housing but i want to hear your respective and that maybe oh, those are more long-term strategies but what about the short term when people you know need a place to sleep today and it was so weird Kirk LePoint's response was oh we have just talked about housing what you're talking about is homelessness and so yes. you know one correcting the question and asker in that way is so it, it was weird. so condescending it was weird arrogant <laughs> So, so, you know, again, a stylistic point, uh, but if you're, you know, part of being a leader mm-hmm. and being a mayor is to understand and read the room and that people can trust that you will hear them. Uh, you know, my first point about Mina Wong, it's just one of those things you feel like she's not listening. She needs to get these points across, uh, If least sure. in that context. Sure. Kirk, the point was sort of saying, you know, I, I want to correct you before I answer you, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. which is weird. And then Gregor, at the very beginning, the mayor, uh, has his blanket apology, uh, not grounded in anything. He just felt like he needed to apologize and show that he could be apologetic. Probably, some, I mean, I think if he would apologize and say things like, you know, I'm yes, maybe we rushed through some of those consultations or it felt like you rushed through it. Even if you just said, I felt, maybe, it, you, and put the blame back on the people and sort of say it was totally not, but I can understand how you felt that way and we yeah. apologize for that. That itself would be a little bit more grounded. Yes. But it's sort of like you hear couples all the time arguing and someone apologizes. And you always see this on television. You don't even know what you're apologizing for. Mm-hmm. And that's how it felt. It felt like you're receiving an apology for nothing other than there's a feeling that you should apologize for something. And it just so, when you think about well, that's the leadership in which then you have to portray your, your, your platform. Um, I got very little substance on platform on what they were talking about. It was just it was the 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 tone was so off putting
0: right up from the start, that uh, it was really challenging. It, it it was a very awkward debate. I I had heard a, I think up to three debates by now. Oh okay. One on CKNW, at CBC one, and then I heard I think, so I watched a I watched a bit of the one from Shaw Media on YouTube. Oh okay. Uh, who had a fourth contender, Bob Castings look independent. Okay. But that was uh, an early debate, so I guess they haven't brought him back. Um, and I agree with you fully. I thought the tone was, was you know... that That apology was weird. It just sounded weird. And I think, you know, he's gone on since there's sound bites of him just trying to be more specific about what he was apologizing for. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't heard um, this. Like, today, he was trying to really just, you know, iron that out, which I get. Um, just about, you know, like what you were saying, like, you know, we're apologizing for, what you know, people's perceptions of us not doing as best that we could in certain areas. <laughs> and he wouldn't really say exactly, but you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, and, you know, we're going to try and do better, you know, but better on what? Better and what? And that's the thing. in what way? Like he wouldn't go into huge specifics, and not only that, it enabled the NDP uh, NDP NPA rather to jump on that on their next ad campaign. Like I've been hearing it all over the place because I've been listening to a lot of talk radio in the last few days, or like last few weeks, really, and um, and they'll say, you know, Gregor Robertson is sorry, and it's like, and they're They're kind of right in the sense where they should have started off a campaign saying, Hey, you know, we're going to be honest with you. Yes, we've fallen down on these certain things, but you don't like in the last few days before the main event, you're all of a sudden trying to, you know, make people feel like, Oh, it's okay. We, we get it you know we'll give you this next shot again you know we'll give you a third chance there's there's been an, a, a a lot of kind of strange things like this uh, lawsuit um, them suing the NPA for libel right I listened to uh, a guy on CKW who said okay well this is the we're gonna play you the ad <laughs> that they are uh, accusing the NPA of Um, being uh, just... Slanderous, yeah. Slanderous, right? And then, well, after that, we're going to play you some of the vision ads that the NPA are complaining about. And to me, there was no difference. Like, I just... And for them to just all of a sudden throw this lawsuit out there, I just thought was really a miscalculation. Is it... Like, I think I was saying to you, I think it was, uh, that it makes them sound like babies. Like, they can't take a little bit of heat, you know. And negative or not, they can't take any criticism. and They just sound like they're just crying, you know. And that's what I thought was weird about the lawsuit. So you know, they do these really weird things. I think they have some really strong candidates on their council. Like, I really like Andrew Reimer. Um, I don't mind Jeff Meigs. I like Raymond Louie. You know, I think they've got some really smart people on the council. But... They have made some weird moves that make me question, but I, I just don't know, I, there's no way I could ever support the NPA because I think, I just think they're just mean-spirited angry people <laughs> in general, which brings me to this thing I was a little earlier. Oh yes, yeah,
1: so what happened in the news today that you wanted
0: to bring up that had to do with the civic election? So I saw this on the local CTV news, like an online clip, you know, with, uh, not Tamara Tiger, but... Mike Colleen? Mike Colleen. Okay. Apparently the other night, I don't know if it was yesterday or the night before or whatever, but there was a there was a, a debate in, I, I don't know if it's in your writing, but it included uh, like a Point Grey NPA, uh, like, she's from Point Grey. Okay. And she's going for city council. Her name's Suzanne Scott. You heard of her? You no. She might be new. Okay. Anyway, she's this uh, lady that... Answered a question. Hey Guinness. This is Guinness. A dog where dog sitting. Hey cutie. I'm wondering what's going on, aren't you? Um but Justin's allergic to, I, I, I'll do that here. Justin's allergic to dogs, so if,
1: if I will look adoringly
0: but will not pet. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so there there was footage of this debate which was in some town hall somewhere in Point Grey or somewhere else. In Vancouver. And she was asked the question Will the average Vancouver right, you know, with full time employment, or whatever, make sixty-eight thousand? What do you say to this person who uh this and they named someone who is looking to buy, but doesn't feel he okay, you can hang out there, Guinness. Doesn't feel he can um buy in in uh in Vancouver. And she said, Well, I and she, you know, brought her own perspective into it. Yes, I'm the one of the last people, normal people, in my neighborhood that was able to buy in that in that riding. Okay, I'm the last normal person, quote, to buy a house in this riding, Point Grey, or this neighborhood. Okay. Yes. So, the point of of the piece was. What does she mean yeah, by normal? by normal? yes, right, and then the subsequent question uh she she then went on and said, uh well, why couldn't why can't he say, "Look at our beautiful province and invest in Prince George as in move if you can't afford here right try another place like Prince George." Okay. That was her answer to affordability in this city. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I showed it to Elaine, and Elaine's like, oh, wow, look at that. So the next morning, they showed, uh, like, in this piece, they showed the NPA trying to, as a group, answer. Yes. Like, okay, so what was their spin? Well, they showed a very short clip of first critical point six trying to say, oh, she was talking about a certain type of context, basically non-answer. Then, uh, like, the clip they showed of him talking about it didn't even make any sense. Something about she was going for a certain type of context that didn't come across well. Then they showed her, who was standing behind Kirkland point just saying, I was just trying to lighten it up a bit. Uh, I was just going for a little bit of levity. I oh levity levity and then so the person at uh, the C, uh, the CTV mm-hmm. reporter then cut to her little question answer with George uh, uh, Jeff Meggs the vision counselor about it yeah and he said you know it's really unfortunate because we don't know what she meant this joke about her being the last normal person to buy in point gray right we don't know what that meant, and her answer to the affordability crisis to, is to move to Prince George, that's that's really disappointing. Mm. And I thought that was so interesting, and I said to Elaine, I'm like, it's interesting that CTV, the 6 o'clock news or whatever, as opposed to global, they would do a piece like that. It was almost like an editorial or a commentary. Right. Because they opened it up with Colleen saying, well, she had a comment that most people would scratch their head at her answer. And I can't see Global phrasing it that way, exactly. Mm. They seem to do a little more commentary-edged reporting, it seems. Right. With their anchors. I don't
1: know, yeah. I never. I don't really watch CTV News all that much, so I haven't really noticed that intonation and how they frame stories. Um, What do you it, think about that? Well, one is, it is... <laughs> Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I can assume what that means if I took a a tone or a perspective of I don't trust this person. Or I think this person is has a natural tendency to racism or what have you, right? Like, you'll make those conclusions. And I mean, maybe she was trying to lighten the mood. I don't know. But I don't know if I was trying to lighten the mood, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't say that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you just read a lot into that. Uh, which to me, I, it's hard to read anything other than negative
0: things yeah. too, right?
1: Yeah. But it just it. I mean, it it speaks to. uh Besides, it was he, uh, a couple of colleagues of mine went to this uh, Chinatown uh, debate or discussion about when well, they had candidates there too. And, yeah. And we were texting about it, and she was sort of saying how oh it's just so um, uh, with one of the, with one of the people i know who were there was like oh so disillusioned by the whole process everyone's just so low quality right and 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 i reflected back to her a quote from kim campbell back in the day when she lost big time as prime minister right Right. and, and when brian marooney was gone and she was holding the ship as prime minister and then lost every all seats except for two right sure and people lambasted her because she, a quote she had at the time, and I don't know if this was the actual context, uh, I mean, well, here was the quote, she said, oh, elections are, are not the time to be talking about serious issues, <laughs> right, was the quote. And people just lambasted her yeah. about that. And, and you know, if you take the statement at face value, like, well, I mean, it's elections when you really should be talking about the issues, right? But if I think about what we've just talked about, you know, the the gotcha media style that's, that's right. out there, uh, heightened in election periods where you're more heightened and you should be more careful about what you're saying. If people want to catch you in a lie, in a awkward situation, saying, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you know, all those mm-hmm. different things. Mm-hmm. And they will interpret what they need to interpret and then spin it and get it out there. It is not an environment conducive to actually having a conversation about affordability you're right people are going to wait for you to say that thing about normal and then they're going to pounce on you and rightfully so right but it just doesn't there's no the incentives aren't there to actually have a good conversation there is no incentive for Jeff Meggs or that woman from the NPA to actually talk about it in a real way Um, because that should have been done years before but of course when it has been done years before no one's listening it's now when everyone's listening right, and that's the problem, and also the great opportunity, right, now, and now everyone's listening, you could have had this great discussion in a council chamber meeting, maybe, with committee about a bylaw, about construction fees and levies or something, where this conversation might be really relevant, but no one's listening to that, Hmm. and no one's reading the minutes from that committee meeting, and it's not in the great format to then take a good soundbite and put it on an ad for the election campaign, because probably the meat of the conversation is more than a five-second soundbite it's actually probably a 10-minute conversation yeah and there's no format that allows for that to happen to be distributed in a meaningful way in an election period right so in the essence of i'm just i'm 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 projecting a context to kim campbell's comments and that's the context i choose to project in that comment which makes it really true right like you can have a, a serious discussion about issues during an election period it's just impossible Music. Everyone's going to everyone's trying to stab you in the back every time
0: you say something. That's that's actually a very insightful Well you can take year, Kim Kimble. Kim. <laughs> that is very insightful. That's interesting. Yeah, because there is no meaningful discussion to be had. And those debates, that's why they're so shitty. Like the one on the CBC. It was so awkward a lot of the time. Sometimes I thought I was impressed by Mina Wong actually being able to Jump in and find her moments in the camp, in the debate. Mm. um Oh, goodness, is playing with his toys, But um, but at the same time, she would say, "Well, things." She'd be like, "Well, this should be happening." And Gregor's like, "Well, we did that." I I can't even really remember an example, mm. but he's like, "Well, no, I mean that's why we blah 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 blah." Or, you right. know, she was just really just seemed like grasping at straws all the time. And this $30 transit pass. Right. Yes. I mean, of course it sounds great. But I have so many questions that go along with that, which I don't hear anyone asking. Right. How does that work with other municipalities? Uh, you know, have you even tried consulting transit authority about that? Um, Is that going to be just within Vancouver? And if so, why do we think there's people that need to cross zones all the time? So you think they're going to buy uh, within Vancouver Pass only? It has that work with the compass system. Well, exactly. (laughs) I mean, there's so many questions that go with it. And I've heard no one not once ask about, well, how do you plan to implement this? And what does that mean for existing transit? uh, ways of doing things you know like i think i think it's 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 good but does that supersede other things like right i like how they say they don't take donations from developers well they don't now but wait till they get into power for three years or four years then we'll see who they're gonna be taking donations from but i i don't know i think it's I think they mean well, and I think she's smart. Um, I I don't think they've really, her party has really thought through how they were actually going to implement a lot of their policies, um, but I don't know, we'll see. I, I don't know. Well, I was thinking
1: about, like, what's my tactic, because I have to vote tomorrow, and we're going to finish this podcast, we're going to have dinner. They're going to go home and they're going to have to read these platforms, right? And what I find it interesting is about, um, I mean, platforms are weird in municipal politics, actually, I mean, in, and particularly in our system where we don't have a ward system. So we're not voting for one candidate in our small geography like we did, like we would do provincially and federally. Like we vote for the whole slate to represent the entire city. Yeah. Um, so it's a great opportunity to vote for really quality people. You know, and yes, the NPA was supposed to be the association that puts forward quality candidates. Yeah, but they've just become another party. Um, and right, and like actually, I think I want to now that we've had this conversation, I'm thinking I should just gloss over those platforms a little bit because partly why I my gut tells me people aren't asking questions about thirty dollars a day, thirty dollars a month transit pass is because no one believes it's ever going to happen, so they, won't, they they're not wasting a breath on it you know what you're probably right and and
0: um, just dreamland
1: right and And so like I actually just want to know who is Mina Wong who is I mean I kind of know who Gregor Robertson is I kind of know who Kurt LaPointe is is it's just easier to know who they are um, because of the money they spend to just get to put their biography out there but I want to read all, more of the, of the biographies of, of, of the other candidates. Like, yeah. And I was getting frustrated because like, those platforms weren't there. And I was like, I don't want to know who you are. I want to know what your platform is. But actually, now that we're having this conversation, like, I actually want the reverse. I actually want to know who these people are and vote for... Um, and for, based on their biographies, because you just hope you have a... I mean, one of the things I read online is because you vote for all 10 councillors you can not have to think about it as a very binary or win-lose situation. You can actually spread your votes around. That's right. You don't, and no other context you can do that. That's right. Like, I'd love to see some quality green candidates in, some quality, um, you know, centrist candidates in Vision or NPA, They're quality. And to understand that they're quality candidates, you actually have to read their bios and at least know a little
0: bit about them. So I'm actually... Where they're coming from. Yeah,
1: so I actually don't mind spend so give it a time doing
0: that probably tonight before I vote. I I will do the same. Elaine actually sent me a link to one of the platform things. I think mm. it was actually from Golden Mail. Oh okay. Football. Or or it might have been the the candidates and stuff, but um yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I mean I have I have thoughts on at least four or five that I'm gonna vote for, but you know when it comes to parks and school board and all right. that well, and I think Vancouver allows
1: for a very creative opportunity to, in your voting that you don't get anywhere else. It's like, you know, because we have parks boards that you're referencing, and it's the only, I think, municipality in North America that has a parks board. And you and voters vote for the parks board. Our, ours? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, other people have parks boards, but they're more advisory boards they're not voted on. Like, oh, you, don't, you don't get in through election, right? Oh, interesting. And so... Because the park board exists, and you see this in this election too, a whole slew of candidates who are, would have been incumbent parks board candidates have moved up to try to run for council, right? And so there's a, a refresh every municipal election within the parks board slate, within the city council slate, um, which you don't get in any other riding uh, or any other sort of municipality. Uh, which allows for some really creative thinking is there's going to be open spots up for grabs, right? For no incumbents. Uh, I mean, I don't know about any other municipality, but Richmond has always been known for years. I don't know if it's still the case where unless an incumbent decides not to run again, you're pretty much going to get the exact same council every year. Because their only movement is when the mayor moves on and someone from council wants to become mayor. Other than that, you don't get much change. But in Vancouver, you do.
0: Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Richmond because, uh, and, and I totally agree, by the way, because uh, um, I, was, I was with my, my family, who all live actually on the same street in Richmond. Um, and I'm the only one out here, but... Black sheep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, they, but they were talking about how, you know, Malcolm Brody's been here for 13 years. Yep. And my my dad was saying he was happy to see the last of the Halsey Brands out of council. Mr. Oh, Right. And uh, it, it, it's true, um, but, but I think my sister was saying, was my sister and my dad was saying, yeah, it's time for, time for a change. 13 years is too long for anybody, and I think, and, and, and I think there's been some, some talk that, you know, he's been doing some things that not everyone's been into. So um, it'll be interesting to see if there's any significant change in Richmond. That'd be interesting. I'd, yeah. I'd be interested to see that happen. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like Richmond is. It, 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 I was actually listening to Simi Sarah talk about it because she's been actually profiling a lot of the races uh, Coquitlam, Surrey, mm. a Surrey debate on, on CKW, the same week as the Vancouver one. And uh, so there's a lot of interesting races. Um, and she said in Richmond, just because of how much it's grown in the last 10 years or more. Right. Uh, you know, there's services and there's other amenities and, and there's all sorts of things that need to be kept up with that, that needs to grow with that. And it, it, it'll it be interesting to see if, you know, new ideas come out of that place, because if you have the same people in power for more than a decade, it, I mean, it's you get the experience, but then you, you get just people just just, you know, just getting very lackadaisical, perhaps, you know, and they're not really, they don't, how could they have the same fire? Right. You know, they're just get used to just showing up at the city hall, you know? So the other one is Surrey, which is interesting, because Doug McCallum is running for mayor. Didn't he used to be mayor? Yeah, uh, and then he lost in a
1: contentious election with Diane Watts, who then has held it for so long. Until
0: yeah. now, she decided not to run again, and now he wants the job back. So yeah, wants the job back. Oh, I see. Okay, so yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be kind of interesting. There's a few writings I'm kind of curious about, but um, oh, and then also you know Burnaby, because uh, uh, Cor- is it Corrigan? Yes. The mayor. Yeah. You know he's having this big fight with Kinder Morgan over there, who just today <laughs> uh, won an injunction. Yes. W- <laughs> yeah. Yes. Can you believe that? Uh, i i can believe it uh,
1: it's <laughs> i was shocked yeah. I, oh really i, I yeah. was actually
0: shocked that they got they won the kinder Morgan won that injunction i have never i've never heard
1: uh i don't know when those situations arise i've never recalled it at the moment when the protesters had won like mm, it just i know yeah. companies always win those things yeah like i, I mean I, I regardless of the in, in the industry it just always oh yeah the
0: Companies want the injunction for this or whatever. Like it's just, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm very curious. I'm going to be following it tomorrow. It's uh, doing running errands and doing all these things, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. So we'll have to report yeah. on our thoughts on that. Okay, so let's let's close our podcast. The
1: with because um, we want to post this before tomorrow, right? And uh, election day. Um, let's pick. Um, just putting some predictions out there. So just again, okay. put it out there. Um, so let's just stick with Vancouver at least. I don't I mean I don't know yeah. if you have opinions about those other races. Uh, I don't know enough about them to to put my money on anything. Although I would think I would be surprised if Malcolm Brody didn't become mayor again in Richmond. I don't. Know, I just see people just be so complacent about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I think know. you're right. But who do you think is going to be mayor of Vancouver come tomorrow night, or a mayor elect? Uh-uh.
0: I think my instinct tells me that Gregor will stay mayor. Okay. And I can't disagree. I think so, too.
1: Yeah. Um, Now talk to me me about, I mean, it's hard to know which individual councillors might get in or not or or win the election and stuff, but what's your sense? Is there going to be a balance of power for one party or a majority in one party, or do you think it's going to be some sort of hodgepodge of a bunch of parties, and no one holding the balance of power. Like, what's I actually or some or landslide of some kind? Like,
0: oh no, I think it's the the makeup of council. At least council, school board, and trustee. Uh, the uh, parks board. I'm I'm not sure. But the council is it only ten seats? Yeah, and then mayor or yeah. he's part of it. I think ten
1: councilors and one mayor, so eleven, an odd number all, uh, all together combined. Because right now it's mostly vision. I believe so. And like one or two. I think MPA. there's like two
0: NPA's. And then there's Adrian Carr from the Greens. Okay, so I think there's uh, I think there's seven Vision, three others, and a mayor. That's Vision. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I think it's going to be more hodgepodge, no balance of power. I think it's going to be a mix. I think it's going to be probably half and half Vision NPA. Maybe Adrian Carr will stick in there, okay. but I think it's going to be half and half. I don't think Cope is going to get any. Okay, I, I just don't. I just don't think they, they're they're rising up from the ashes right. of what used to be the old Cope and now yeah. it's visioning Cope. But I, 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 I don't think they've got any. You know, aside from the mayor, she's not going to win mayor. But the councilors, I don't think they've got anyone of note that is new that people know about, right? You know, they've got uh, is it Tim Lewis or Steve Lewis? Tim Louis. Yeah. Tim Louis. Yeah. From before. Yeah. Uh, maybe, but he didn't win last time. So. Right. And Ellen Woodsworth. I don't think she's running. She's again. not running again. So, so she was a favorite from be- from the past. She's nice. To I meet. became LinkedIn friends with her. Did you? I was like. Oh, Oh wow. Okay. At <laughs> least <laughs> I think I did. So that's what <laughs> I, I, I think. Did. I think Gregor Mayer, which I think you agree with, and yeah. then I think I think it's really going to be half half and half. It's going to be close, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish... You know, I my gut is, I think it's going to
1: be maybe not half and half. Or, like, you know, like... I think it's going to be maybe, like... Five or four vision seats. Mm-hmm. I think two or three NPA. Okay. Uh, I think Adrian Carr is going to win election again. Yeah. I, uh, I just think He's so. Popular. There's another strong candidate um, in the Greens that I am really intrigued by, who has a strong resume, I forget her name... Um uh, Cleta Brown, I think her name is. Okay. Um, I just was reading her her ad in the Georgia Strait, and then I didn't then I didn't and I realized later when we went to the One Dot, uh the Blue Dot concert yeah. that she was on the slate for Greens. Like, oh, you're you're a Green Party candidate? Like I don't know, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of strong ones there. And then I think there might be a room for someone like RJ Aquino from One City to yeah. maybe float in there for that like tenth spot, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I'd i love to see, like... That would
0: be cool. That would be cool. I forgot about him. Three
1: actually. or four party representatives, you know, perspectives would be nice. I'd like to see that, if if possible. I wouldn't mind having... I think it'd be great to have a Cope voice. But, I, yeah, I just don't know who on that slate would break through.
0: Aquino used to be Cope.
1: Yes. And now he's one city. Yeah. He left Cope. Yeah. Uh, looking for a, a more uh, a different way of of coalescing around the
0: progressive ideas. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And that's why I think Cope kind of just faded.
1: Well, you know, and I think you you look at the, from my understanding of the platforms, not knowing too much, but knowing the feeling of the platforms, it's just basis for nothing really in life feelings. But, but you, you, you know, you have NPA is squarely the right of center perspective on municipal issues. You have vision really cramming into that center yeah, side of, of the issues, maybe slightly going left, but very central. Yeah. And I think yeah. one city is next to them, trying to be, you know, left of center, but not so... So dovish. Do, yeah. And, and not so much, you know, pandering to the to the center and the right vote. Hmm. Uh, and I would say the Greens are probably after that, you know, very much progressive on environmental issues and feeling their way through some other issues. And then you have COPE on the far, far left, right? So everyone talks about sort of the splitting of that progressive vote. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't believe this. city is fifty-fifty. I don't believe this city is fifty percent progressive and fifty percent conservative. I think there's more progressives in the city than conservatives. I just, I just believe that in my heart. That's the city.
0: I, I agree. But the problem with that is vote splitting. And that's
1: it, right? So yes, you might have sixty or sixty-five percent of the city is actually quite progressive in their thinking, and some might be. Progress- I think a lot more would be progressive socially, and maybe. Conservative in some fiscal matters, mm-hmm. right? So that's the centerpiece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with all with like four parties holding that progressive, vying for that progressive vote, it's not all going to coalesce together. Which is part of why people were saying that Gregors mm-hmm. apologizing, mm-hmm. reaching out to cope and
0: voters, you know, and vote. He, you know. he did that quite pointedly in that debate, and you know, a lot of people were like, were falling or whatever, and. And even Mina Wong was like, excuse me. And I thought, no. He has every right to to say, yeah. I invite everyone to vote for me. I mean, why is that Why is that wrong? Why is that offensive? It's like, <laughs> what? He's not allowed to try and get your supporters to vote for him? Screw that. That's why you guys are campaigning. It's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought, get off your high horse, you know? Yeah.
1: But then I, I did it like when Mina Wong said at the end, like, we'll just you know, I'd say to all my, all those vision supporters, come home. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, that's a decent spin. I mean, I don't know how much it resonated, but I thought, if I was gonna spin
0: it, I think that's probably the best I could probably do. That's really the only thing you can yeah. do. Although, the, it's it's very textbook, though. It's very the done. And it's funny, because, you know, when she said, um, excuse me, and then you heard Gregor, like, he went, well, um, I think, I think I have a little more time left <laughs> You know, whereas someone else would have been like, uh, stop cutting me off. You know, it was all very polite in a way. But I just can't stand the way that uh, 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 the point is too dark. He's dark, 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 dark. And I there's no fire there. He just like, look, (laughs) you know, I just can't stand this like Harper esque. Look, this is the reality they suck they're horrible we're gonna do you know we'll do what we can but you know it's like that's how he talks it's like that's gonna get nobody excited and you just sound mean just mean-spirited that's my take on the mpa um but yeah okay well let's uh let's see what happens tomorrow we'll get this podcast up today i will um i'll post it uh sometime uh, this evening and then we'll get the word out on facebook and and uh yeah we'll see what happens perfect i'm very keen to see how how accurate we are our art <laughs> it's gonna be fun <laughs> i'm looking forward to it so okay. uh yeah you can go to the dot matrix dot com and find us there and uh, listen to all of our previous episodes. They're all there. Yeah, or find us on
1: iTunes uh, or on Facebook and all those things. We're not on Twitter, I guess. We're individually
0: are on Twitter. We yep. just don't have a Twitter account for the podcast. Yep. I am Sarah underscore lover on Twitter. Sarah <laughs> is in the wine. S-Y-R-A-H underscore Lover, and you know how to spell that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were waiting for that. I love it. It just came to me. I like, I'll give you my Twitter account, but you know, it's at happyxs. But it's if you want to see me occasionally tweet about curling <laughs> or the rare Instagram photo that I will also post on Twitter, otherwise, it's a pretty dark place or, <laughs> or empty place. <laughs> yeah, I just retweet a lot. So, <laughs> okay so until we podcast again uh at the end of the year or the beginning of
0: next year so until then okay it was like some sort of final word you oh, never said
1: goodbye. bye <laughs> i guess we didn't
0: say bye <laughs> okay so <laughs> good night <laughs>